Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Eddie Cohn. Hey. How are you doing, my friend? Good, man. Come with a microphone. You know, you've got to do it, ain't you, mate? It's been a while. It's been a little while, mate. How are you? Part two. Yeah, mate, it's been good. I've, uh, I've recently moved. I've moved house. So um, I'm in a little house share at the minute. Okay. Supposed to my work. So, yeah, man, it's good. All good. How about yourself? Yeah, all good. Life is good, man. Given the current circumstances, everything is um, everything's good. The, the last time I spoke to you, it was uh, three months ago. I just checked. And I imagine you've navigated through a lot since the last podcast. Right, yeah, as we all have, yeah. So, um, I wanted to ask you, man, because having affiliations across Europe and and obviously the the academy in London, um, mm. I think it's I think it'd be really interesting to hear how how you kind of reacted to to COVID and how and if you're still training. I don't know if you are. Yeah, so the whole jiu-jitsu community got um, attacked by this invisible enemy. And as they call it, and, and like I just said, if you don't have a plan, you know, if you don't have a plan, then you plan to fail. And the background that I come from, we always have a plan, contingency plan, contingency for the contingency, so on and so forth. Uh, when it hit us, initially, the government decided to lock everyone down. Uh, and they did that. And at that point, I think everyone then started to go digital, Zoom. You know, I became very lively on Instagram, um, focusing energy into Instagram, into podcasts and stuff like that. And then also in the background, we were consulting with some very good doctor friends of mine um, who were involved within the fight against COVID, not just here, but in Spain and France, uh, in the big places, in the hotspots. And I took advice from them. Uh, rather than advice from your government, you know, and um, till this day, the the things we put in place were so valuable to us that we we haven't lost that many students. Um, we have been able to provide a safe um, and clean training facility for our guys. Um, we've made a couple of adjustments which had to be made and. In, in fairness to the students, there's been no opposition.
whole, whole uh, group of students that have a say in, in the matter. Um, so we kind of put some things to test, put some things to vote, and um, yeah, it worked, worked really well for us. We managed to, to, to come through. Uh, until this thing had zero cases inside our academy. Um, we take that hygiene thing very, very, um, very, very serious. I had numerous black belts, uh, quite well-known ones, reaching out to me to see what we were doing, how we were able to function uh, in that time and around that time. And I was happy to share the knowledge with them and kind of update them. When we talk about jujitsu, um, Joe, just from uh, a perspective of, of non-combat, uh, everyone thinks the combative side of jujitsu is jujitsu, uh, and it really isn't. If we have to go hands-on and we have to use jujitsu, we failed. We failed in our basic proprietary stages of you know jujitsu. So a lot of people weren't weren't ready for that, and we began training approximately 15 weeks ago, I believe. Wow, okay. That's brilliant. So just as we were coming out of that, we, we put together a blueprint, we tried and we tested it, and we went in and, and we did a lot of work inside the academy. We installed a lot of things, and the stuff that we were doing, the government are just doing now. They're just implementing this now. We did it before it was cool to do it. We did it before they knew what was happening. Yeah. Um, and and this, was, this was under the strict guidance of, of, of medical professionals involved in the fight against COVID. That's why you see most, well, in fact, all of our associations have managed to be open and up and run. Uh, unless, of course, the government has imposed uh, rules, and, rules on them, sanctions on them. The ones that are open are following the same stringent guidelines. Um, and it isn't, oh, sanitize this, use this, sanit. It's much more deeper. It's about educating the instructors. It's about educating the students. Everything went back to an educational uh, situation. Even to the last, on the 24th, when the government released the no indoor team sports, et cetera, et cetera, um, how we were able to, to, to come out of that one as well. Um, we've had COVID marshals visit us and tick us off as COVID secure, COVID safe. I'm very happy. My students are very happy. In fact, we called them up and said, hey, listen, we're in this borough. How about coming down and checking out what we do just to make sure we're doing it right. And if, if we can improve on anything, we're open to your eyes and ears. Um, and, and they came down and they said, hey, you, you've gone above and beyond. And, and that was great news for us. That's brilliant, mate. What, what guidance is it that you, that you follow or... Um procedures that you've put in place so very very i'll give you a grassroots kind of overview the very first thing we did was we we got rid of all colored geese being worn in the academy everything starts with trust okay it begins and ends with trust it's the same like sparring if you trust someone with your body when they're, they're training with you you're going to trust that if you tap they let go of the submission immediately um, so we got rid of all color geese. This way we could tell who washes the gi, who doesn't, um, who, who is hygienically clean with the kimonos, right? So that was our first point of call. The second point of call was we installed uh, a blue light in our air conditioning unit, which was quite expensive to do. But what that does is 
that purifies the air, this blue light, and kills any bacteria that may be in the air. So if, if there is a non-ventilated room, this blue light will get it. It will get it, drop it to the ground level. We then spray. Uh, we have a very powerful disinfectant that we use, which um, we spray every day before, during, and after, uh, before and after training. So each class is clean when it's coming in. Um, we have specific mops we use for the mats. Uh, we have zoned off certain areas. We have a fogging machines that we use in there, uh, hand sanitizers. Um, there are all kinds of implement implications that we, we've implemented into the academy, um, and it seems to be working really well. Even down to the dummies we were using, which were micro, micro anti-microfiber dummies, which means nothing could penetrate in and nothing would come out. It was all surface-based. Um, and we went back to, um, so we had a bubble which formed uh, 15 weeks ago. We showed the local authority, look, here's our bubble. These are all the signings that we've had over 15 weeks. We have CCTV yeah. in the academy. We can download that, back, back that up to you. Names, addresses, all under the GDPR, uh, all done properly, uh, like a yeah. small military operation. And they were blown away by it. They were like, Jesus Christ. And I said, those people are still here. Um, we're still training. This is how we're training. This is how we ventilate our place. And they were like, the woman was like, wow, like, that's really, I've never seen anything like it. You know, you've gone above and beyond. Um, and then what we did was we formulated um, a bubble for our students and then an external bubble. So no people can penetrate that bubble. Yeah. No new students in. Um, we were completely reliant on our students being honest with us. And because we've been open and transparent with what we're doing, our students are honest with us. They say, hey, listen, um, I haven't trained anywhere else. And we, we're going on a trust method. And because we know our students, we can trust them, you know. Right. Uh, you've probably seen on my Instagram, we have an MMA team that come in yeah. and train with us. Okay, those guys are tested every two days. And they have the results on their phone. They come in and show us. Um, we went to, we went, we've been to hell and back, but, but you know, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to lay down and die. You know, that, that's not me. Sure. Anyone who knows me knows that. Um, and, and we made a massive push and COVID basically jogged on. It didn't want to know us. It was like, so, I'm not that guy. <laughs> that's sick, mate. That's, I, it's, it's really refreshing to hear. I think a lot of people that are listening uh, have kind of given up, maybe, for, for the most part, uh, in thinking, you yeah. know, will I be able to train this year? I'm going to have to wait till everything dies down. So it, it really does give hope in the, in the community that, you know, we can still do it if you do follow the strict guidance and the, and the rules in place. Um, you're talking about the bubbles. Um, how, do you, how do you work that? So is there groups of six or... No. So, so how it works for us, we're not a team sport. We're not a team. We don't compete. We don't have a competition team in our HQ. So yeah. we're not a team by any, any means uh, necessary. Um, we're independently training for the betterment of ourselves. Um, we have a booking in system which allocates 15 students per class. Um, and our, our facility is also, um, can house quite a few people. When, uh, when this happened, 
there was no sparring whatsoever. None. Right. Um, it was dummy based, like what is happening now. Um, you have to be a little bit savvy with, with what you're doing within the bubbles. For example, if we nominate four people to a bubble, the reason we used the, the number four was sometimes one person can't attend. So if you have a bubble of two, that person then cannot train either. So we went to bubbles of four and maintained them throughout the whole period of time. And those people worked together, um, they trained together, and you know it's honesty and transparency, knowing your students and trusting your stu students, not having gym rats, and we've had them turn up at the academy. I had a guy show up, and any of my students watching this can vouch for this, um, from a uh, Grace Baha Academy, saying he just wants to come and train. Man, right. you cannot come into that academy and train. That's not going to happen. You know, that is not happening. We have now specific COVID training classes for beginners. It's been taught by uh, one of our purple belts um, where, where we've worked out the geometry of the mat, everyone's safe, dummies. Um, so we can still have new people coming in, time, time's booked yeah. in, um, and all of the protocols that go with that. Um, man, it's insane. It's insane how resourceful we have to be. But as humans, we're naturally resourceful. So right. um, if you have that resilience and, uh, you know, I know academies that have closed and won't open again. But this is all part of this structure of being resourceful, of being, um, when you're talking about jujitsu, it's not about making a quick buck. It's about investing in your belief. It's about investing in your students. It's about investing in your academy. Um, we will not fall as long as the flag is, is raised we will not fall you know I, I kind of put the, the bat sign up in the air when, when it started to go down and immediately the troops rallied around and, and this is the beautiful thing with my academy there are no no one is better than anyone there you know like I said our motto is um, many in body one in mind and when we can embody that mindset it's a totally different animal, you know, it's a totally different animal. You know, my students came in and helped us stuff the dummies. My students uh, cleaned the academy off their own back, you know, they. Okay, round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No you know, it's, it's incredible the support we receive, but that's testament to what we've put out. That's testament over the years to what we've given, given our students. Yeah. So, how it works is you've, you clean everything down you know religiously almost you make sure everyone who enters the gym has that trust trust there and is it is it just dummy work or do you do other no, things as no, well no, no we, we've oh, no. bypassed dummy work with our bubbles we bypass that remember everything has a element of trust and truth transparency and listen we've been doing this for 15 weeks we haven't had anything you know that's, that's, in, that's, in, that's, Right. In, order, in order to game. game for us, 
in order to gain trust, we must be transparent. And so we have transparency. You know, we said to everyone, come and see what we do. We've said to the jiu-jitsu community, if you want to see what we do, come and see what we do. There are no secrets here, you know. Um, we're fighting the same battle you're fighting, but we're attacking it intelligently. We're attacking it using the guidelines and we're attacking it the right way. Um, and I have no qualms if anything broke out in our academy to shut the place down, you know, right. quarantine everyone. We can go back over, you know, we have, you know, the logs we have are unbelievable. Temperature check-in, um, and not just using a, oh, let me take your temperature. You know, we're talking about core temperature and, th and thermal surface temperatures. A um, lot of stuff going on in that academy, you know, and, and guided by doctors, you know, guided by people that are involved in the fight against COVID that don't train with us. People that I've reached out to and said, hey, I need a hand here. Can you help me? And, right. and, gr and graciously, they've helped because they know... They know the ramifications of businesses closing and people losing jobs and, and all sorts of stuff at the moment. This is the thing. I mean, um, a lot of the, the gyms around my area um, are losing are losing members due to, due to the yeah. due to the virus. And right. it, it's just, I don't think there's clear guidance, man. Like, I don't think that anyone's saying, look, you can still do it if you follow these strict, you know, because it's so, it's so up in the air at the minute. How, how do you, how do you navigate through it? So, I think for people, uh, especially Jim, we're testament to that. Um, we're, we're testament to that. I know, I, and I don't want to talk bad about no one, but I know there are some people just getting together and training willy nilly. You put yeah. a death sentence on yourselves, on, on us as a community. You know, you're you're harming us in a way that you don't realise because of your own selfish needs and your own selfish selfish desires. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do, like I told my students clearly. If you are going to train anywhere else, two things. Don't come and train here. And, and if you do come back here, let us know where you've trained. So we, we right. then have the option to let you in or not. Okay. Well, man, I think a lot of academy owners and gym owners will be, will be you know, I think they'll be very interested to hear this conversation because it, it proves it can be done can if be they done. take the right. If, if they take the right steps what, and listen another thing to people reaching out to me people can reach out to me yeah. um there's been some very significant people reached out to me and um uh you know uh, I, i've kind of given them uh ideas and, and concepts yeah uh, but remember it all starts with us it starts with the investment in ourselves and in our students and the value we place we all scream jujitsu we all love jujitsu but when the chips fall down, you're going to see really who loves jiu-jitsu, who really loves their students, who really wants to kind of provide what they can for their students. And I'm willing to okay. share, I'm willing to help the community. You know? um, so the, the, the conversations you'd be having with, with, with the experts, have they said what, what it looks like in, in the future? Because obviously there's, there must be a work in progress towards what they, where they want to get to. In terms yeah, of I mean, bringing I mean, it there, back. There are two, two chains of thoughts. Um, if you're a, um, what are those, you know, if you're a skeptic and you believe this is a hoax and all the rest of it, there's that chain of thought. Then there's the middle chain of thought where um, the people follow the government's guidelines and, 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 and their guidelines, but they are so unclear with what they're doing. Yeah. No one knows, you know, so one minute it's this, then it's that. And, and some of the nonsense, nonsensical moves they make, they're ridiculous, right? 
and as a grown, fully grown adult, someone who's walked this planet for close to 50 years, I can't, I can't follow that. I have to go search. I have to research. I have to find my own, um, my own ways of doing things. But I, I always seek knowledge, you know, and that's the beautiful thing. Um, Jiu-Jitsu is, you know, it's, it's limitless in the sense of the people that I've helped over the years in these times came back and, and helped and helped us out. Uh, when, when our academy um, was going through hardships, the students helped out, you know. Um, and, and, that, and like I said, that's testament. It's, their view on it is, is very jaded. You can ask one person and another and it will be different, totally different things. Uh, but this is going to be around for a while. These measures will be around for a while. And in some ways, they're better measures. Like, I'm not even worried about the COVID situation because we, we seem to have that covered. But now I've managed to eradicate, and we never did have it, ringworm, staph, all these other infections in the academy. So we're not even worried about that. And, and one of the best things that ever happened was we went back to wearing the traditional white kimono. As it was uh, is, in the beginning. Amazing. How amazing is that? The fourth cycle of jiu-jitsu. Complete shift, yeah. And it's, it's something that, it's actually beneficial to you in a way as well because you're bringing out your own. Right. Well, we, we aligned with, with, with our friends in Atama. Yeah. I've, I've had Atama geese since I began training. I can remember Grandmaster Elio Hoist still wears, uh, wearing Atama kimonos when I was in the academy. All the guys used to wear them. And I had one from many years ago. And through good conversation and good business with Atama Europe, uh, and my dear friend Pedro, we decided to come together and create the Eddie Cohn Academy of Jiu-Jitsu official kimono, you know. Actually, and that was a very proud and humbling moment for me because we've, we've worked alongside brands before, but none that, that have the tradition, none that have the, the age and the respect that Atama does. They're a powerhouse in the industry, you know. So they're, they're manufactured and produced in Brazil, right? In Brazil, not in from any Brazil. other country. Still from Brazil. The old, one of the oldest and still, in my, my humble opinion, the best. Yeah. And if, you, if you've seen them on, um, if you've seen us wearing them on Instagram and in our academy, yeah. you see how, how amazing they look. Can I ask, what is the difference between wearing one of those geese and wearing, you know, a, a normal gi that you can just buy anywhere? Okay, so anyone who's been to my academy and uh, uh, been to my office, especially in the academy, and if you guys are listening in, comment below. I have personally given to me, um, you know, that have been bought for me, etc., uh, etc. Et and there are a couple which um, I really like. So Mizunu being one of them. One of my very first kimonos was the Hicks and Gracie Mizunu kimono. Very heavy, very old kimono. Um, this one I'm going to frame in my academy. It's my original kimono. Um, the next one I had was an M kimonos. I don't know if you remember this brand. M kimonos, the, the two battle axes. And, and another amazing brand. These are, I'm talking traditional kimono. Um, right. And then, and then, of course, you know, we have the, how do you call it? Like the arc of, uh, of kimonos. You know, we, we have the kind of 
yeah, the arc of kimonos, which is a tama. You know, it's a handmade kimono. They're handmade. Right, okay. Although manufactured, they're hand cut and made, right? They're not kind of, you don't see huge mass productions of them. No, um, right. Ones are numbered and, and they're very, very unique and very special. Very special kimono. And like I said, me and Pedro had a long dialogue about where we would go. And we haven't started, we haven't even started yet. This is insane. Us and Atama haven't even started yet. This is just the first release, you know, the first drop. First we stage, wanted to test right. market. Yeah, we just wanted to test the market, make sure it was right, make sure the product was right. Everyone who's bought one were like, wow, they were blown away by by the, the product, you know. Is it is it just the feel? The how the how fit, what makes the feel it's yeah. the weave, it's the way it washes up, it's the way that when it's tumble dried. That, that ends in the rubber inside doesn't bend up because it's not made with rubber. Um, there are all these little nuances, the way it's reinforced, the actual way it's stitched, the way the weave is run, how it doesn't have, how it's seamless. They're, they're, it, it's, uh, it's really, really nerdy to talk about, but it's such, <laughs> I'm, I consider myself not only a connoisseur of violence, but a connoisseur of kimonos too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of people that's just starting up. They, I think they, they struggle because it, it's such a, it's such a foreign thing, isn't it? Buying a, buying a gi, like yeah. it's not something you see every day. It's like, where do you start, and what are you actually looking for in a gi? Do you want a lightweight one? Do you want a heavyweight one? Do you want something, you know, that you're able to pull, pull around mm. and strangle people with? I, you know, it's there's so many different um, aspects to a gi. Um, each person understand which is each, the best one. Kimono. This is what's beautiful. Each kimono is individual to the wearer. So maybe you like yours a little loose so you can strangle people, right? Maybe I like mine a little tighter because I'm smaller frame and people grab me and throw me around. I have a lot of judokas in my school who throw me around. So I quickly figured out if I wear a slightly slimmer fitting gi, it's difficult for them, right? Yeah. Um, so when it washes up, it's very soft. A lot of the gis that are manufactured in Pakistan and China um, when they wash up, you know, they can scave you really hard, start scratching the skin, right. scratching your, your training partners. Um, I don't find that with, with uh, Atama. And maybe the other secret for our listeners is um, comfort, Lenore. Some of you may want to try that. Right? <laughs> Some people take their kimonos off, put it on the side and it stands up like a suit of armor. Who does that? Yeah. <laughs> Wear that. Right? <laughs> do you do you think it takes a while for a gi to um to to to, to wear in? Is it like buying a new pair yeah, of trainers? For sure, there's some some kimonos have a lot of starch in them. Fortunately, um, you know the Atama one doesn't. It's it's complete cloth, even into the lapels, where some are reinforced with rubber and a lot of listeners will know that when they wash them, perhaps now gone out of shape. Um, and then you get the bulk, the ripples in the collars. That's how you know these things. They're not stitched properly. Um, if I had one here, we could, we could do a whole show on kimonos. And I could yeah. Them I mean, that'd be good. That'd be good for part three. Because <laughs> 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 um, my geese are quite relatively new. It's, it's interesting for me to know as well. Um, my, my collar is quite stiff. And you know, the more and more I wash it, I can tell it's getting 
you know, easier to, to, to pull around sort of thing. Do you know how long you need to kind of roll with them before, you know, you get there? <laughs> Is it just... It's, it's not the question of rolling. You want to find the biggest, ugliest, half ogre, half ape guy in your gym and get him to throw you around a little bit in that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, will, uh, that will figure out well for you. When we was having this discussion with Pedro, he said to me, oh man, listen, one of the things I hate about Atama, I said, go and tell me, Pedro. He said, these things are built to last. They're almost indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell does a company money if they're indestructible? But that's what they pride yeah, themselves that's on. That's true. That's what they pride themselves on. You can just wear that year after year. Oh, listen, I, I can show you one I've had for at least 15, 20 years. You cannot buy this yeah. kimono anymore. And I showed Pedro, and Pedro was like, um, he was like, damn. He goes, we need to do it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of those, because those are really good kimonos. But in comparison... It weighs a ton. This thing weighs a Does ton it? in comparison. That's interesting. What so weave the, the is weave is much thicker. The arms here they're much looser, you know. So it's right. uh, it wasn't as fitted. It wasn't as nicely cut because now kimonos have become a bit of a fashion fashion accessory rather than a combat weapon. Right? It's become a fashion accessory. Do you think that um, over the like the recent years the technology's um, brought the kimonos on? To, yeah, to be able to use definitely better. Listen, there, there are some amazing kimonos beyond the Tama. Yes, there are. You know, we cannot say there aren't. We can't say a Tama is the only one. What we can say is a Tama is one of the traditional, still manufactured in Brazil and holds the legacy of jiu-jitsu and, and the lineage of jiu-jitsu within its kimonos, just like M kimonos um, and just like some of the older kimonos. It's almost like when, when jiu-jitsu has new techniques brought out and, and new, new sways on things. I can remember people walking around academies in bright red and bright yellow kimonos. The first time I saw it, I was like, damn, there's a canary. You know, it's like you just see them in <laughs> unbelievable colors and, and, and colors that are like psychedelic colors. Yeah. Um, so, so they just change with the times. Uh, but there are some very good kimonos out there for sure. Uh, right. Even, even and is and is it worth investing into a, a more expensive gi rather than a you know a cheaper one? Would you say, or would it not really matter for a beginner? For for a beginner, I would say, listen, you have to go and find if jujitsu is going to be for you. You know, we say this thing with all the gear, no idea. Someone sees yeah. jujitsu, they love it. They buy everything: the hat, the scarf, the t-shirt. You know, they buy everything. And then yeah. two training sessions, and they don't like it anymore. It's not for them. So we have rent gis in our academy where people can come in. They can rent an academy kimono, um, and then they can train in it. And if they like it, they, they can go and buy an academy kimono or go to a tama, buy a kimono, or, or wherever they like. Um, but the main thing is spend the money first. Make sure you like it. You know? 
make sure you like right. what you're doing. Don't don't buy all the gear and, and then leave two days after. There's no point in that. I'm with you. Uh, this this nicely leads us on to the next uh, point I wanted to talk to you about. Um, last podcast, we didn't get to talk about it. Uh, it's a big topic of um, contention across um, jiu-jitsu. And the, it, the question is that the difference between uh, Gracie jiu-jitsu and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I was just wondering if you had like any um, nuggets that you could share, the difference of, of the two. Where, where do we start, right? Yeah, I do where start. Do we- yeah, where do we start? The beginning is always the, the beginning is always a good place. Okay, you know that's always a good place to start. Yeah, let's let's uh, start there. Um, yeah, the so begi- the beginning. When we talk about when we talk about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, what what are we talking about? We're talking about points, rules, rounds, time limits advantages, um, stalling, referees, um, competition, sanitized sport. That's what we're talking about. That is the sport of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. When we're talking about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, we're talking about a mindset. We're talking about street self-defense. We're talking about um, a weapons awareness. We're talking about handling real life situations. No rounds, no rules, no referees. Cold, dark night in an alleyway when someone accosts you and you have no option but to fight. We're talking about when someone comes up to your girlfriend in the club and grabs her behind. We're talking about all of those things. What we're not doing is saying one is better than the other because we can't do that. Just like judo came from us, from jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a sportive derivative of the traditional fighting system of Japanese jiu-jitsu. Japanese jiu-jitsu, Gracie jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You tell me the differences. You know? Right, yeah. Are they different? Yes, they are different. Completely different, you know? People say, oh, it's the same thing. No way is it the same thing. I can put a few clips up on my Instagram and we can compare and we can see how different they are. Right, okay. The technical, the technical fundamentals, they're the same. So a Kimura will always be a Kimura. A rear naked choke will always be a rear naked choke. Um, you know, those things, an arm lock, an arm lock, you know, those things are paramount. The difference is the mindset behind them the entries and exits to those positions and the complete awareness of where we are. Like, would you jump guard in the street on the pavement on somebody? No, because Probably not. There's no, a, no. I hope not because there's a potential no. risk that you're going to get slammed. He may right. produce a weapon at that point. He may have friends with him. And the last place you want to be is on the bottom with your legs wrapped around him when he has two or three friends with him. Now, I'm not saying as a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu exponent that we can deal with multiple attackers. Anyone who tells you that that is talking complete nonsense. They are talking stupidity. Because even one person is a risk. Two people is going to be a beatdown, you know, or worse. And three yeah. people, maybe one with a weapon, it's a wrap. So we're not saying that at all. What we're saying is very simple. If we process everything 
for the street for the street so what do we look at we look at three three a three a's we look at awareness you know what is what is going on here then we have our assessment protocols and then we have our action what is our action our action could be we run away hey i've got home right. safely that's gracie Jitsu, right that's martial arts right okay yeah right non-engagement of combat is a big one for us the longer we're in the fight outside the higher the probability of injury serious injury or death so we try to avoid at all times that said the ground with someone because remember we're talking about martial art not a sport when you talk to me about jujitsu I'm, I'm talking to you about a martial art not a sport when right. you talk to okay. most other instructors they're talking to you about a sport and that's the difference so, so the difference is that gracie gracie jiu-jitsu is something that you embody something that becomes a part of you so it's part of your mindset is am no, I, let me let me let me make it clearer let me make it much clearer yeah, how many do. components are there to jiu-jitsu we say there are five components and listen right. very carefully to the components that i'm going to tell you striking clinching takedowns throwing and finally ground grappling the seventh right. the sixth component is the weapons awareness component number seven which governs the whole thing is the mindset then beyond that we have we talk about self-defense right now we have health defense health defense what we eat what we process and think what we outwardly portray how we we're not manic depressives so there's a whole thing that goes with gracie jiu-jitsu which other brazilian jiu-jitsu our cousins in brazilian jiu-jitsu don't don't have and that's not saying they're any less than us that's not saying that at all we're on actually equal pars the difference is our priority is preparing for a real life combat situation and their priority is winning points and advantages and competitions. Right. That's the that's okay. the, the major difference. You were saying about it in in a street fight, and this is something that I this is found quite interesting. You, you you wouldn't go up to guard. You would never go for guard if if it was just you know. Listen, one, 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 I may there. have to. I may have to. I may have to go to guard in the street fight to protect myself. That may have to happen. If someone manages to wail on top of me, uh, I may have to do that. But ultimately, I want to be in a top position. I want to be knee on stomach. I want to be able yeah. to not only engage, but disengage if I have to. I want to be able to make sure my peripheral surroundings are good. I want to make sure I'm watching out for weapons and, and other people coming over and intervening. And I want to make sure that I can make good an escape at any moment, not just clinch someone and then they hold on to me and I can't escape. Because right. if you go back to UFC 1, 2, and three, when the world started to see Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and we see Hoist, what did we see Hoist doing? We saw Hoist using the pizal, the sidekick. We saw Hoist using punches in the face, elbows. Yeah, right. We saw yeah. punching the groin, knee in the groin. We saw him using spike elbows from inside the closed guard. We saw him palm swore, right? We saw all of that. And that is nothing to do with the sportive element of jujitsu now. I've gone to train with people, friends of mine, and they said, oh, Ed, you know, listen, 
here, don't hit no one, don't, you know, take no one's fingers off, don't put fingers in I don't do all of this stuff. And I say, man, listen, you think we don't spar like you guys in our academy? It's to do with how we function in the mindset and how we, we understand the use of distance, you know, how we understand distance management, how we understand that feeling of being safe. Um, and remember, this isn't just being taught in our academies. It's also, I'm bringing real life information from my background as an SO-19 yeah. firearms officer, as a police officer that saw live combat every day on the streets. I'm bringing that to the equation too, from a very reliable place. Um, and I'm not the only one. There are many people out there doing this. Do you start off teaching people Gracie Jiu-Jitsu first? I never, nothing we teach is not Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Right. Look at the smile on my face. Nothing yeah. we teach is not Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. We elaborate right. very carefully. This is for the pavement arena. You could do this here. You should be thinking about this. You should be advocating that. But if you're sparring with in the academy with your friends, perhaps you want to think about this. You've seen in our training, uh, the way we train with gloves sometimes. You've seen this, you know. Um, why? Because we want to be punch-proof. We want to be bulletproof in the street. I don't want to be reaching my hand inside someone's jacket or jumper while they're punching me in the nose. I don't want to be doing that. Right. There are very clear differences here between Gracie Jiu-Jitsu for self-defense and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now, remember, my teacher, Hoyler Gracie, is one of the most formidable decorated sports champions the world has ever seen. Look at his brother, Hickson Gracie. Is yeah. he no more for the sport competition or Valet Tudo fights? Yeah, true. Valet Tudo fights. Yeah. Right? So that side will focus on that. And Henzo, Henzo's a dear friend of mine. I love Henzo. You know, I love him to be. He's a great guy. I know Henzo, I know Half, I know Hyan from the other side of the family. They are true advocates of Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Hodger Gracie's father, Maurizio Gomez is a true advocate of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. He's a holish Gracie black belt. Uh, Red Master, he's a master now, but he's, he received his black belt from holish Gracie. That will show you how the family is, how it was originally. Remember, we didn't grow in Jiu-Jitsu through points, regulations, rules, and no, we came from the streets fighting, not us, but those before yeah. us were fighting right. to prove the effectiveness and efficiency of Jiu-Jitsu prior to the UFC. So it, it would be beneficial for people to, to deal with the striking as well uh, as just just doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu where it's pretty much just check techniques and submissions, how right? You, how do you think fights in the street happen? Well, exactly. Exactly, man. Yeah. Right. It's going to be punches. So it's going to be kicks. You need to right. know how to defend them, right? How many times in complete honesty, let's be honest and open, and this yeah, is I'm not honest, man, disrespectful yeah. to anyone, okay? So anyone listening... This is not in any disrespectful way. This is our own concepts and principles. And I'm trying to portray a message to you guys to give you some, some, uh, something to think about, some food for thought. How many times have you practiced escaping headlock? Not very often. Not very often. And, and, and how often have you practiced then? How many times? That's, that's the staple diet. That's the fundamental diet of the sportive side of jiu-jitsu. We practice that stuff I just mentioned to you daily. 
it's a daily occurrence for us. Right, okay, yeah. If that is not your primary objective, to learn how to defend yourself from an effective uh, martial art, you know, like using martial arts effectively in the street, then you can't say you, you, you're training self-defense. For sure, not, yeah. You can't say that, right? And, and we can't say we're training sport jiu-jitsu. That said, we have world IBJJF champions in our association, Naga champions, Bellator fight. You know, we have, yeah. we, we have all these guys, but our primary objective is self-defense. Got you, got you. So and that leads nicely into the next thing. We have a curriculum-based training. Um, so we have curriculum-based training. So our students can gauge where they are all of the time. Yes. White to blue, blue to purple, purple. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's all self-defense. We don't test our students on their ability to fight and win medals. I don't promote my students, and I'll give you a really good example in a second, on winning yeah. medals. I promote my students on teaching ability. Each one of my students, even at White Belt, we're looking at teaching them. We're looking at them becoming teachers. So they're teachers first and foremost. Secondary, we're testing their knowledge on the self-defense curriculum. Because when they're Black Belts and they're 60, 70, 80 years old, you cannot go onto the mat and roll around like we do now, right? But what they can do is have right. a program which allows them to train forever. The last lesson I took from Grandmaster Elio Gracie was self-defense. And let me just correct someone. The, 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 the remainder of the lessons I would take from him and his sons in Brazil were all self-defense orientated. The whole lesson isn't self-defense, but there's a huge focus on self-defense. When we're rolling, so for example, when we're sparring and rolling, I'm thinking in my head, I need to block these arms in case he punches me. I need to watch where his teeth are. I need to watch where his head yeah. is. Where's my head in comparison to his? Could I use my elbow here? You know, could I need a guy in the head? Now, I'm right. not saying that Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys that enter MMA fights don't do well. Look at Paulo Costa the weekend. Black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Right. Do you understand where I'm coming from? This is why it's having that it's having that awareness, man. Like, it's, right, it's, it's that mindset, and it's the understanding that there is much more to jujitsu than rolling on the ground than taking yes. someone down. Because theoretically, we're like judo, that our sportive family. Because I still see them as 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 part of the same unit. They're like judo. They they just have takedowns and more intricate submissions. And they can roll on the ground a lot longer than the judo guys can. I think it's important, actually, to, to understand, especially as, uh, as I can see from a beginner's point of view, to actually understand where you're heading. Instead of, it's like you're saying, instead of just rolling and, and grappling and sparring, that you need to have an understanding of, of you've got ability to punch me here. You know, I mean, side control. control. You have the ability to punch me in the face there. But when you're a beginner, you don't think about that. No. I think from so, day one. It's only because the instructor's not advocating that. We don't punch each other in the face, of course. I mean, sometimes no. we do, and, and, and that's fun too. But I mean, you know, the, if you're in a fight outside and you grapple with the guy and, and you, you say to the guy, okay, do you give up? 
and the guy's like, yeah, I'll give up. You let him go, the guy gets up and fights again. Fight, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, all of this needs, so don't lie to your students. Be honest and tell them, look, this is a sport. What we're teaching here is a sport. If you want to learn, and that's why we consider ourselves traditional Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. We label it very clearly. People come to my academy and I ask them a set of questions. Are you looking to compete? Are you looking to do this? Are you looking? That's not what we do here. And I'll direct them to somewhere where I think, you know, they'll be better suited. Um, right, got you. There's a reason we, and because we're on it, remember, it goes back to being honest and transparent. And it's not about we're better and bigger than anyone else because we're not, we're really not. Our message is just more potent than most. That's the only difference. We, we're giving a very real message out there. Um, and, you know, you know, we're not saying they can't do well in competitions and they can't fight. That's great. But what we're saying is, if your primary objective is winning medals, you're never going to be prepared completely for the street. Really it's impossible. Okay. You, you were saying about the, the curriculum and how, you, you know, you, know you, you gain that understanding. Um, something that I would like to ask yourself is how, how do I go from, you know, how do I uh, get to a level where I'm a blue belt? What, what am I looking for? Is it, is it purely time on the mats or is it something more intricate that I'm, that I'm looking for? I, I can't talk for your school, Joe. I can't talk for where you yeah. train. Right. Because each one is different. Some people promote on the merit of medals. Some are time yeah. served. Some, some are... Um, you know, how much you suck up to the instructor, some are, all of the above. Right. All of the above. And I don't think, I don't think we can promote people on the merit of winning a medal. And I'll use this example. Terry Brazier, who trains with me. I'm his jujitsu coach, mentor of his. Um, he is a two-weight world champion in Bama. Two-weight world champion very hard feat to accomplish he submitted a brown belt in jiu-jitsu guess what belt terry is go on he's a white belt right he's been training for close to um five six years with us I'm not going to promote him on merit. He doesn't know jujitsu. He doesn't know the curriculum. For him to win a belt and me to tie a belt around him goes against everything I stand for and everything those before me have advocated and stood for. You have to know jujitsu because one day he's going to go and teach jujitsu and people mm -hmm. are going to go, oh, that's the teaching of you. That's the teaching of your teacher. The teaching of Hoyler, the teaching of Helio, the teaching of Hickson. No, it isn't. Not at all. You know, um, you, you, you tell me one thing where you can achieve an academic reward or a certification in something that doesn't require an exam. Show me something. Yeah, right. So is that what you look, is that where you kind of get to, get them to the stage for, like an exam? you know press exactly as a white belt it's an exact it's an exact exam yet yeah, from white to blue there are 
I'll give you an overview of what we do. 111 self-defense positions. They wow. must know. They must be able to perform those positions under the duress, random attacks, um, and you use the position. Um, and then wow. they have they have sparring. So they have MMA sparring with gloves, shin pads. They have striking and clinching, and then they have four grappling. So with the kimono and no gi. And any one of my students will attest to that. Black belts all the way down the rank. Um, the same way it was always done. And we're looking for them to be, able to, to be able to be safe in all areas. And that goes on all the way to black belt. There is a curriculum all the way through to black belt. Now, when we do that, they then come into the academy one day and say, hey, sorry, Joe. No, I was just going to say, is there, is there like a workbook that you give them to kind of um, address all the different 112? There is. It's, not a where could, where could someone... it's, it's more than a workbook. It's a syllabus. Yeah. It's a syllabus that is on our on, it's on our online site. It's it's right. laid out for us from our training from our, from our own training, uh, the way we train, and we teach that curriculum to them over and over and over and over and over until it's second nature. You will never come into our school and learn a foot lock on Monday, rear naked choke on Tuesday, arm lock on Wednesday. Everything is in sync. Everything is in right. sync. And then they can refer to it like ABC. And then they can also see that, oh, A links to B, B links to Z, and so and they all link somehow, some way. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link this down below in the comments because I think this would be really useful for a lot of beginners uh you know particularly myself i think it, it just turn up each each week and just going oh that looks that looks familiar we did that a few weeks ago how do you lock that in your memory how yeah. do you revise that because there's so much to learn there's so many details how many compact right. into a a book where you can almost you know you don't have to even train you can just read it and you know study it i think that would be really beneficial to a lot of people and, and even, even deeper than that joe joe even deeper than that think about this our online portal our student development program they can go and review the technique whenever they like log in mm. review right so if they ever get yeah. confused by something can log in and review mm. <clears throat> each lesson leads to the next very similar to what the gracie academy were doing very similar um, but the way they did it was very different. They, they, they took away a little bit of the, the bloody approach, the bloody aspect of a real fight. And they made, they sanitized it where we kind of kept it a little bit more realistic. You still have the UFC aspects to the game. Absolutely. Even without the UFC, we still have those aspects. You know? Brilliant, man. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure once again, Eddie, man. I, I've got a, um, I've got to say, you always are a very inspirational person to talk to. And I hope the listeners do enjoy the conversations we have. Um, what I will say is if you want to get in touch with Eddie for his classes or, you know, the academy, you're always happy to talk to people, aren't you? Um, and Absolutely. I will leave a link down below um, with, with obviously the, the, the guidance that you, that you follow, the civil syllabus that you use. I yeah, I mean, listen, gonna... for, your, for your listeners, Joe, and listen, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you reaching out to me. I'll always make time, you know, for you if I can assist. And not just you, but anyone in the community. I'm not, um, what's the word? I'm not uh, a governing body 
in any, I'm not a leading expert in this. I, I know a yeah. little bit about great Gracie Jiu Jitsu. I know a little bit about sports side of Jiu Jitsu. I know a little bit about the MMA side, only a little bit. It just so happens that we have a lot of students there. We have a lot of champions that seek us out. We have a lot of MMA guys and there's a reason behind it. Uh, it might be worth reaching out to them and getting their opinions on what we do, you know, because a lot of people from the outside don't really get it. No one really takes time to explain what, what it is we're doing. Um, and like I said at, at the beginning, we're not better than anyone else. Our perspectives and our mindset are very different. Our sole objective and overall objective is prob probably the same. We have world champions. We have all the rest of that stuff. But our, our firm and kind of final advocation is um, for the street, you know, always. Awesome, man. Listen, Eddie, you, you, have, a, you have a good rest of your day and uh, we'll catch up soon. You as well, John. Awesome. Thank you. See you Take soon, care, brother. brother. Cheers, Take matey. Care, man.